Hey guys, Pat here. So we are going to run a repeat episode today. It is from, geez, when is this from? This is from 2021. It's called The Struggle of Lead Generation Doesn't Have to Be. And isn't that the truth? So we figure uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, go ahead and take a listen to this episode. And uh, we'll see you next week. This is a Think Live Be production. You know, okay, so like when it comes to lead generation, I think that everybody wakes up in the morning and doesn't know what to do. And like what that means and how to, how to get started. I think that was, that was like a big challenge when I was a new agent. It's like, what does that even mean? Well, you taught us that with the five by fives. You taught us that we have to be ready for those. Otherwise we spend half the time. Well, yeah. So, so explain what a five by five is, what you guys do in the mornings to kind of get every morning to kind of get started. The whole team. Well, and I didn't make this up. The whole team. Let's be clear. I didn't make this up. Um, the five by five is um, five social media touches and five dials, like real quick to start the day. So everybody gets together, like mm-hmm. on a call together, yeah. right? Is that how it works? Yeah, or in person, or, or in person. Or in yeah. person. But, but the whole team is working there, together. That you're all doing it, and it's um, you know to create energy and get the day going. Right. But you are supposed to know who those people are before in the advance five, before the five by five starts. Yes, mm-hmm. because otherwise you will spend it's thirty minutes. Okay. Otherwise, you'll spend half the time looking, trying to figure out people. Yeah, who to do. So, so everybody on the team has to do their due diligence the day before to know who they're going to call the next morning. Yeah, or when they wake up, or yeah, or at some just, point. Yeah, like, but when they you, when they bring it to the five by five, it's already figured out. Yes, it it is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, whether or not that's always the case, I don't know. <laughs> I would have to like go to each one of them and be like, "Who are your people today?" And I don't do that, but. It is supposed to be prepared, just like anything that you do. If you're going to do it well, you should probably prepare for it. And so I, I actually really struggled with that for a long time because you do have to ask like, well, first of all, you have to understand what lead generation is. And in its basic form, it's just looking for new business and generating leads from from that activity. And so then it's like, okay, well, now I understand that it's generating leads from looking for new business. What does that mean? Who? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Who do I call? Where do I go? And so if you go back two episodes ago, we talked about 51 lead gen sources. Yeah. Did we get to 51? Something like that. But it says, it says 100 in the description. We lied. Because we... <laughs> Well, we thought we titled said, titled the episode before we, we did said the we episode. were gonna. It was our hundredth anniversary, and we were going to get to as many as we could. And as we got to fifty one, it was time to call it quits on that episode. It was a long episode. It was a little long, but fifty one ideas of people or people, places, and things. Noun <laughs> um, of mainly people, though. Because like at the end of that episode, we generally said like, what is lead generation? It's building relationships with people to get them to give you leads. And so you have to talk to people. So whether you are doing that through, um, so what are some ways you can lead generate? You can 
talk to people on the phone. Host an open house. That would be talking to people in person. Mm -hmm. So talk to people on the phone, talk to people in person, talk to people on social media or text, you know. Um, Pen pals. (laughs) You can write (laughs) letters to people. That's like, uh, so. That's on the cuff of uh, marketing. Well, it's definitely marketing. And unless you're having a two-way conversation, it's not really the the purpose of lead generation because you don't you can't get a back and forth going. So if you can't have a back and forth conversation, I think that that doesn't qualify as lead generation and in, 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 at least in what we're talking about, like yeah. prospecting for new business. Text messages. Yeah. we Yeah. Social media or text messages. So like if you're Facebook messaging people or your text messaging, you can solicit a response if you ask the right questions. Um, so you sit down and you say, okay, I'm going to lead generate for three hours and I'm going to talk to, I'm going to call this many people to try to have this many conversations. And then you would maybe say, I'm going to, you know, text this many people or have this many social media conversations. And then you have to figure out who those people are. Well, most of the time, as we talked about in the, the last episode or the two episodes before, most of the people should be people you already know because those are going to be the fastest ways to generate business. So if you're calling your sphere or your past clients and having that two-way conversation, they should just know it's a business call and that you're looking for business. And I feel like, well, everybody doesn't want to do that. It feels uncomfortable. But not if you tell them like, like right from the beginning, hey, so-and-so, this is a business call. And, you know, I've got big goals for 2022 and I'm wondering who do you know that wants to buy a home, sell a home or invest in real estate that I could call today so that I can make sure to help them in the new year. I find it easier when your people know that what you do for work is what's passionate and like really a part of your life because it's easier to call them. So the people that I rotate through in my list of people, Mm -hmm. they know that I like breathe real estate now. That that it's a big part of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... Business call. Well, if you're calling past clients and people you know, the past clients, it's already a business call. Mm-hmm. They're past clients. That's so that's easy. And then the other people, these people that um are acquaintances somehow that you haven't done business with, but you know, it's just you. Did you hear that? Yeah, gulping coffee into the They heard you in Washington. Seattle said thank you. Um that it's it's you just gotta tear it off like a band-aid. It's like it's only one call. Mm -hmm. What's one call and then you you say it's a business call and then the next time you call, they already know. So you what we're talking about here is this tiny little speed bump you don't want to go over. But in reality, it's like you call that one person that is an acquaintance and you let set it up as a business call. I'm looking for business. The next time you call them, it's not like you have to do it all over again. Like they've got amnesia. They know why you're calling. Well, wait, can I tell you something? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think if you're listening to this and you hear that and, and he makes it sound so easy, but that's because he doesn't have to do it. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it's no, not but it, hard. It's not hard. It's not hard to do. No, but listen, I'm telling you from long term experience that here's the thing. You're supposed to call your sphere and your past clients quarterly. That's part of a good 40 touch program. Mm-hmm. Quarterly calls. So let's say somebody closes on a house and they become a past client. That first call, super easy. 
Mm-hmm. Because first of all, you're calling them not just to ask for business, but to see how they're doing in their new house. So it's really, really easy to call them like a week after they've moved in and say, hey, how are things going with the house? Mm-hmm. And then you're chatting with them and they're telling you what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. And then you say, hey, I really enjoyed working with you. And I'm wondering, do you know anyone else that's looking to buy a home, sell a home or invest in real estate that I could call today? I really like working with people like you, blah, blah, blah. That call is really easy. Mm -hmm. Then three months pass and you go to quarter quarterly two call. Mm -hmm. And then that call, that's actually not too hard on a past client as well, because then you're you're still like now it's been three months. And you're you're sending out. They're also getting touched uh, besides this call. They're getting, yeah. whether it's a newsletter or a postcard, some uh, there's but all of that stuff. And we can talk about that too, but all of that stuff is happening in the background. Mm-hmm. And but they're still aware of you. You're, of course, there's still touches. But my point is, is that it doesn't require me to pick up and, and ask for business. Mm-hmm. It's just a passive way to say, hey, I'm here. I'm your real estate agent if you need anything, or hey, do you happen to know anyone? But I don't have to actually ask the question. It's happening for me. It's when I have to make a direct Ass. plea for business that it becomes uncomfortable for people. You just got to figure out how to make it casual well, while surrounding it with stuff that's going on in their world, which is why you, when you have past clients, you add them as a friend on Facebook because most of the time people update Facebook with what's going on in life. Yeah. I, and that I, makes it easier. I, and I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying that it's not difficult. All I'm, but what I am saying is it depends on the kind of person you are and the, the approach that you want to take. So, you know how it, how new agents have a difficult time getting the engagement letter signed because they don't have a lot of times they don't have the confidence and people can read that and they're mm-hmm. like, what is this thing I'm signing? I don't know if I want to sign this. And and every and then they fall apart, right? Well, this is the same thing yeah. to a certain degree. And it's like if you if if it's taken, if the call is taken as tongue in cheek and it's like this is the purpose of the call and you do take all the mysticism and instead of and not approach it with well I'm going to figure out a way to kind of work it in and just make that the call and stuff then it's like these are people that you know these are people that you've worked with asking direct questions is not a big deal put yourself on their shoes in their shoes and if you were getting the phone call from them after that and they just asked you would you would you be like I can't believe that they well, asked well, no, no, no. it's like this this there's a it's all mysticism that there's this weird uh uncomfortableness that you you're creating it yourself it well, doesn't yeah, exist we talked about I was that the last last week we talked about mindset that is the biggest challenge is your own dumb dumb head yeah <laughs> and that you think that people are like offended by that or that they like care somehow that you're asking them for business. No, they, like, in fact, they would they they'll appreciate it. If that were the case for me, I'd be like, I, I would say I'm glad that that person trusts me to see if there was anybody that I would know that they're calling me to ask if there's anybody. You're not calling them and saying, I know you just bought a house three months ago. You're ready to buy or sell another one. This is all. The, it's like that's not what you're asking. So it's like. I don't under I guess I just don't understand the um the approach of this this kind of dancing around sort of asking people if they know anyone who who 
do it at tongue in cheek and say, you guys know, you know why I'm calling. Well, yeah. I mean, there's um, different here's ways. My, here's, and, and also it's like you said, you that, well, we don't know exactly what, you know, by the third call, what are you talking about? What, what are you asking for? It gets more harder. Well, the reality is what you're supposed to have is the event well, quarterly. Well, I'm getting there. You're getting ahead Sorry. of me. <laughs> you're getting too far ahead. <laughs> The point is, yes, like that's my, that was my point is that the first couple of calls after somebody becomes a client are really easy. You should be calling them. You should be checking in on their, um, their house and their experience and how are things going. And it's a natural thing to do. And then from there though, those, those, you know, third, fourth, fifth, three years later, four years later, because they don't always answer. Mm -hmm. So you don't talk to them four times a year, most of the time. Now, should you? Yes. Do you? No. Um, and so those those calls as they get further and further out and you really don't, you weren't that close to them to begin with, that, that starts to get harder to just say like, hey, remember me? I know we haven't talked in a year because you haven't answered my phone, <laughs> my phone calls. But remember me? I sold you that house. Um, hey, do you know anyone that wants to buy a home, sell a home? It isn't as easy as just saying like, just do it. It is easy with people who answer the phone and you talk to you regularly because then they do. They know what you're calling for. They understand and they actually probably have a lead for you because those are your core people that are um, easy to communicate with. I also think it's easier when you like how we have client events throughout the year. When you have a reason to call them aside from the fact of getting yeah. business from well, them. That, I mean, that's what it's I was saying. Like kind of like a crush. Or, and it's not just events. It's like we're going to do a reverse bold, uh, right? Where we're going to do a giveaway or we're going to do. The, it doesn't have to be like if you're a single agent, you don't have to set up a giant event. You just have to make an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I, like it's well, not. Yes. And and that that is you were getting into it. And now you're talking about it. And that is where I'm going with this is that like you have to come up with reasons for them to call you or you to call them above and beyond asking for business. Yeah. Because if somebody, if somebody is a past client from 10 years ago, um, I can't call them every quarter and just say, who do you know that wants to buy a house? <laughs> Why not? You know, I'm calling <laughs> like it gets monotonous and they will stop taking your call. Like sure. you have, you have to give them something of value to keep the relationship going for them to want to, to do that. You would hope that, but if you're a newer agent, you don't have to worry about the person you sold a house to 10 years ago. You only have to worry about the ho- person you sold a house to last year because well, you're a yeah. newer agent. If you're at the 10-year mark and you don't have enough um, value to be able to just offer things up to those people, then, <laughs> then, you you're, do? then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> well, you're missing and, my, my, my point is that, and yet there are plenty of people out there who have been in business for 10 or plus years Mm -hmm. and they don't do a lot of repeat and referral business. Yeah, that's their choice. Well, I'm trying to say what has worked well for us. That's their choice. Like, yeah, it's their choice. But what happens, like, again, you guys have to understand, like, he's looking from like, you know. He's uh, not wrong. (laughs) Like, if you're not seeing what other people are doing, you don't adapt it to your business so you don't get repeat clients. That's your choice. Well, sure. I mean, we make choices every day. And so if I don't call my sphere today, I've made a choice to potentially not do as much um, sphere business this Mm -hmm. year. But sometimes it's not an intentional choice. It's just you get busy and life life happens and Mm -hmm. you don't have a plan. You don't have a system for it. Yeah. And and so at the end of the year, you're like, 
oh man, I saw so and so sold their house. Oh, like, sure. why didn't they call me? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because you didn't touch base with them repeatedly over time. Yeah. But my point, the whole point of this conversation is that it is not as easy <laughs> as Pat thinks it is. I'm not saying I never, I've never <laughs> said, easy. I've it's never simple. said it's easy. You still have to overcome all of those things. <laughs> but you have, but at the same time, trying to actually look at the reasons why, like, why don't I want to make that call today? Why don't I, why am I going to busy, why am I going to find something else to do in the time when I know I'm supposed to be doing uh, uh, lead follow-up or or well, calling I, my sphere and look at what those reasons really are instead of just moving on with your day and 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 demystify what those reasons are come to terms with why you're doing it and then try to overcome that well that's it's like why, it's not uh, what I'm saying is that it's not a, it's not complicated it's it may be difficult and you might have to do some things on work on yourself in order to to overcome those things but this isn't a, a very a difficult thing oh, of to course. do. It's comfy. Well, and that's why the the MREA book, uh, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, the first chapter is about mindset. Yeah, <laughs> like it starts with that. It does. Um, but my point is is that um, if you have four calls to Sphere and past clients every um, every quarter. Um, wait, every year. Four Ooh, calls. Four. That'd be once a week. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, that would be. Well, it would be like every other week. Yeah. Um, but if you had four calls a year to your mm. sphere and past clients, which is the minimum that you sh- should do, then um, and you break that down, how, like you have to look at how many people you have in that list. And then those are the people you call every day. Mm-hmm. And then there are systems for how to do that. So. And then also, like you've been in the business a long time, and had and have a lot of clients that have that you've tried to reach out to, and they just aren't receptive and stuff. So they kind of fall by the wayside. But the longer you do it, the more you make the calls, the longer you're in business. Then the people who do respond that you do get on the phone, your entire year is filled up just talking to those people. You can't, you can't. And then the other people are just getting, you know, uh, 12 by 12s or, or whatever it is, the ones who you have worked with in the past, well, but you don't get on the phone and you can't talk to. Yes. The longer you do it, the more your day gets filled up with people that you actually can and do communicate with. It becomes even, uh, it works even better. Well, and that's something that um, you're 100% right. And thank you. <laughs> I still am. Well, w- there is a system for it, and it's basically like okay. I hope no clients listen to this. <laughs> Are any of them realtors? Well, actually, a few. Well, they might. Yeah. Um, but you do have to sort of categorize people in in like mm. the the simplest way to do it is like an A B C, mm-hmm. right? So an A. A client is like exactly as it sounds like that's somebody that you've either done repeat business with or you've um, gotten referrals from. Get get along with really well, hit it off, t- go back and all, all right. make- they answer your calls. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, somebody like a, that, yeah. that you know is going to um, engage and participate mm-hmm. in events and like those those people and the smallest um, group. 
they would be the smallest group. Mm-hmm. And then you might even have like a little smaller group, like a core group of maybe like 20 to 25 people that are just like these Your people. Cheerleaders. Yeah. These people like yeah. have given you tons of business. You guys you could be. They're best, out looking for business for you. It like if there's like. a such yeah. thing as a best friend, you know, real estate client, like these are the people mm-hmm. where like I might not go out to dinner with them regularly or like hang out with them outside of business, but they're people that I could call up and I, you know, I'm thinking of somebody in mind and like I could talk to you for 30 minutes about all kinds of things and then I, and enjoy it also. Mm-hmm. And, um, those, those core people that might be a very small group, but then you have your A's. And so as your list gets bigger, well, I should say what B and C is. I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, but like, this is what I consider a B to me is somebody who like, you know, you enjoyed working with left a great review they're good clients but like maybe um you've only worked with them once they haven't referred business but you think they could or they would they just um don't participate as much and like they're just a little like a little less engaged or a little less likely to um in the future right and then you got your c's these are people who um maybe i did the weirdos the misfits <laughs> <laughs> Like, these are the people who I'm not going to call on the phone. Yeah. Like, if you worked with someone, maybe they were nice, but, like, you just didn't hit it off. Um, You don't think you're going to really talk to them again, but they might do business with you again. It's just they're just not those people. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think you did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe they they didn't really prefer phone calls to begin with. Yeah. You didn't really connect. Maybe they were a little just a different kind of lifestyle, different type of person. There just wasn't the connection. But the business, you know, they had a fine time, but (laughs) they had a fine time. (laughs) Well, you know, like it wasn't like there was a, you know, everyone's had difficult buyers or sellers and they weren't didn't C's aren't necessarily difficult they just there's just no connection. yeah no not at all like the, these are not your difficult people then you got like the d category who gets removed from the list right we're not gonna even <laughs> d bother for yeah <laughs> for dullied dullard delete oh, oh delete, delete. <laughs> um d for delete yeah i mean occasionally there are those people where it's like you know what I don't think I want to work with this person again. That wasn't a good experience for us and it's not worth it to follow up. So those people you get, you're archived or deleted, um, (laughs) not on the invite list. And so anyway, so you've got your, your categories. I don't really have a D category, but Mm. like they just don't get put in. Right. You know, and that's, and that's very, that's smaller than the the tiny people. Very, very rare. Yeah. Because again, most people, most are C's. Like it's a bell, it's like a bell curve. Well, mo- I would say most are B's. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Most are B's. Okay. You get a small category of A's, a small category of C's. Okay. That's the bell curve. Right. And, <laughs> right. And then no, and then, and then you can count on your hand the number of yeah, D's. Yeah. There's like, yeah. It's very less tiny. than, yeah. less than a handful um, over a 15 year career. So it's not, that shouldn't happen often people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but so once you once you work with them, you should sort of categorize this. And this is something that I've done before and then I'll get off track with it. And what happens is as you add to um, your list and you meet more people, it is difficult to keep up with everyone. And then you could end up spending time calling C's instead of calling A's and actually lose relationships that were um, worth keeping or even B's like right. the middle people who like 
I think they would refer business. They just haven't yet, you know, or wh- whatever. Like, yeah, what I need to work thinking? on this relationship a little bit. And and you want to kind of build those people into ACE. And this is in the MRA book, too. It's just like kind of um, a little bit of a, they have like a circle graph and it's like not Mets and then the general public and you move them into your your core group. But, um, but that's the same idea is like you want to build people into longer term referral relationships. And the only way to do that is to call and, and communicate with them regularly. But if you have too many people in your list, you can spend too much time on people that will never, they'll right. just never move forward because they're never going to answer the phone. And so I've had to learn and still haven't 100% gotten it. I've had to learn how to do that and start, you know, making those decisions. Like mm-hmm. who really do I need to call every year? Yeah. And four I think, yeah, I think that's an, that's an, uh, a, uh, living organism that is constantly changing and it'll never be figured out because yeah. it, because it's people and they're always, people are coming in and moving out and it's always changing. And so that's just something that you get better at, but it's never like, oh, this is the list. Yeah. Right. And this is how I'm going to do it. It's because it because it is has so many moving parts. Well, and here's like an example. So we do um, we we were saying with the the client events, like once you so a 40 touch program is the way that you would lead generate through people, you know, through your your Mets or um, your sphere, your past clients, those people. And you need to. um you need to know what the 40 touch consists of. And at a minimum, it's four quarterly calls. And then from there, it's up to you. Like if you want to do 12 direct mail pieces, 12 emails, you know, two events a year with invites and like you could easily get to 40 with just what I just described. Mm -hmm. And then like what Kayla and Pat were both trying to get at earlier and I was like, slow down was that um, when you have events or something that you're doing, then the call is easier. So, it becomes more about what I'm providing to you and why you would want to take my call mm-hmm. than what I'm asking from you every time. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like I we, think you mix it in. So like, yeah. I think like if you had four calls, one of the calls, um, you know, would be to invite them to an event and check in on them. One call would be like, Hey, this is a business call today. Actually it was just, um, you know, we've got big goals. I'm curious if you know anybody, mm-hmm. you know, in your neighborhood, your, you know, whatever, whatever that wants to buy or sell a home. Um, and then the next call, make it more about them and what, what's going on with them or an event or something like that. And, and I do think you need to mix it up and or you they won't want to take your call anymore. And one of the things like, like I said, like it's, it's so easy to just throw out, not saying not this isn't anything from what you were saying against what you were saying, but just like an event, right? It's like, okay, so what you're saying to me is, so I have to create this event in order to call the 30 people on my list. And it's like, well, you don't have to create an event. We're just using that as a, as an example. Like I was just thinking like, maybe you are part of a charity or a part of an organization or, you know, collecting school supplies or any of those kinds of things, whatever your interests are, whatever you, you, however you volunteer or any of any of those things, that would be considered an event, right? An invite to that or do you, would you like to donate to the thing or what, what, whatever it is. So there's, we're not saying like you have to set up like some sort of golf tournament in order to, to contact people. When we say event, it's like these are small little things that don't cost you any money to be able to do. They're just ways to be able to reach out to your people. Yeah. Well, and we've got, um, so 
we've talked about events on the podcast before, but our next event is this week. And Kayla has reminded me that she is not an event coordinator. <laughs> and to that, I said, yes, you are. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> you just <laughs> coordinated an event. Congratulations. You've we'll been promoted. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to get to the event first. Um, but now this one is is a very large event um, that it does take a lot of planning and but they don't have to be like that. You build to that. Our first client appreciation party was um, so small, one tenth the size Wait, in do, terms of. Did, was that at the venue? Yeah, yeah. So was that a? It and was I a, don't mean that in the in in terms of the size of um, people that attended. Like it was a decent turnout that yeah. year. Like it was good. But we like brought our own sangria. We yeah. like but, raffled off like two gift baskets and bought Chick Fil A and did it. Chick Fil A did it at a friend's venue. Yes, and it was still a fun time. And um, and and it, we did it on a cheap budget because we didn't have we didn't have the budget to spend. We didn't have sponsorships and all that stuff. And now we you know then you do that and you're like, oh, people actually showed up. That was cool. was that your first client event yeah i mm-hmm. like resisted so for a while 27 that was our first one was together in 2017 yeah yeah wow. yeah yeah so i'm one of those people like sometimes i just don't want to do things for like personal reasons <laughs> like yeah. i don't i don't go to um parties and like go out and engage with social activities mm-hmm. <laughs> other than like a certain you know group of things so to me, what made me nervous about that, and maybe if you're listening to this, you feel the same way, is like you are worried that people won't show up and that you'll put together this whole big thing and nobody will be there. So um, that was something that was concerning. I still feel this way even to this one. And, you know, now we've got, we've got plenty of RSVPs, but you still have these like fears of mm-hmm. why to get started with something. Same thing with like people are afraid to spend money on direct mail because they're not sure it's going to work and and all of those things like you hold hold yourself back with fear of doing things mm-hmm. so i guess when you if you decide to do an event start with one start with something small and go like you could i could name See off what like works, 10 what doesn't work move take those what you've learned add that to the next event yeah. And over time, you'll create an event where, that people show up to and enjoy. Yeah. And so we, I think we have a whole episode on events. We do. Um, but my point is like you could do something really simple, like you could just show up to a pumpkin patch in the fall and buy and tell people to arrive. Like I would, con- I would contact the pumpkin patch in advance and let them know you're doing this. Don't just show up. But like you could tell people like, Hey, come by this time on this date and, you know, get a free pumpkin. Uh, how easy is that? There's no setup. There's already a background for photos. Um, you just have people show up, they pick out a pumpkin, you pay for it. Right. It's yeah. that simple. And always do a raffle so that you can get information and the whole, well, that's what I was right. getting to. So, so you're giving them something for free. That's fun. And so people want that. Um, and that is another thing. Like, it doesn't matter what you think in your head. Like, to me, sometimes I'm like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I wouldn't go to a pumpkin patch. I've been invited to pumpkin patches from our one of our lenders. <laughs> I, I don't personally go and get the free pumpkin. But people do. People want those dang pies. Like, when you do a pie event, like, I wouldn't go to an event just to get a pie. And yet people do. So don't, like, hold yourself back because you think it won't work. Like people, because you wouldn't do it, right? Right, right. You, yeah. People, but she just said she wouldn't do it. But she also said, "I don't like to go to parties, and I don't like <laughs> to go and socialize." And so, you know, it's like, well, 
that's most people do, <laughs> you know? So there's, yeah. yeah, they'll, they'll do those things. You can't, and it's, it's kind of, um, it's hearing you say that about like, well, will people show up? I don't know if people will show up, so I'm not sure. It's like, I've lived my whole life wondering if people are going to show up, whether it's a theater production or an art show that I've done or running a music venue for years, like every single night of my life through my twenties and thirties was, was, is somebody going to show up to this and stuff? So I'm so desensitized to it. I don't even let it bother me anymore, you know, but yeah, I know exactly what that feeling is and you have to, uh, not let that paralyze you to not do anything. Otherwise you won't ever do anything. Well, and you also have to remember that it's not a, it's not actually about the event, right? It's about the, the communication and invitation up to the event. So the reason if you're making touch, the, the, yeah, the, the event is there for touches, and you're yeah. sending the invite in the mail and you're sending the email invite and then the reminder email invite, those are four touches right there that right. I just listed that you get to do providing something of value to them and, right. and their family for them to come have a good time. So the people who show up, you. that's great. That's another touch. They showed up. But right. you but the people who didn't show up, it's still okay because you t- you reached out and did four touches to them. Yeah. So they might not be able to be at the event. Right, but they still but got they still all got, the communication. Right. All the idea of this is to be top of mind. So yep. they're not going to have business on on the call sometimes. But the more that you stay front of mind for them, they hear it come from a distance. Somebody's talking about real estate. They're going to interject. Hey, I know a realtor because they call me every three months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's and, exactly right. And and I, I, oh, I just went to my realtor's party. Like, she, she's amazing. Your um, realtor has a party? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you want people to talk about you and your business um, like it's the best thing ever. And the only way to do that is to give them some reason to feel that way. So my realtor gives out raffle prizes every month. My realtor has the best party every holiday season. Um, I did. Uh, I was. It's, it's yeah. It's like you don't want to. Like it's kind of like what you were saying before about. Um, I can't remember exactly how how you would how you would put it, but it was about like not going out, not doing those things like kind of just relying on your laurels of of well they know i did a good job so when they're when they meet somebody they'll know yeah right like i'm gonna let i'm gonna let my my resume speak for itself and and they'll call me they won't call you can i tell you let me let's get that out of the way right now i lived my whole 20s thinking that way (laughs) i know you did (laughs) well no but you want to you want people to um you want people to work with you or um, think of you because of your uh, what professionalism and how good of a job you did. Yeah, you and- want people. That's what I was looking for. So whatever it is that you do, you know, even if you if you were in a different business before any other job you've ever had, you want people to think you did a good job, and then they come to you and say, "Hey, good job!" Like that's just how people feel. But that's not how life works. People don't go out of their way just because they had a good experience. They're not going to remember you and come back to you. Um, they're not thinking about you. They're they're not like the once they close the they get their keys. They're like they're done. Bye. Um, I got to go buy furniture. Most and, of them will forget your name in six months. They'll be like, "What was that realtor's name?" Yes. I mean, there are st- there are studies that show that you know people would work with their realtor again, but they can't remember their name. This is what this is all about. This is. 
lead generation is talking to these people over and over and over again over time so that they think of you every time somebody says something. This is lead generation. (laughs) Start it with that. (laughs) Um, This is lead generation. Um, So anyway, that's, you know, your, your past clients in sphere, those four calls, if, you know, depending on how many people you have, you just divide it up over a quarter, then think about how many business days am I actually lead generating? And this is how many people you call each day from that group. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Just math. Math it. Just math it. <laughs> you want to take a break? Yeah, we'll take a break. And we're back. Should I say it? Welcome back. Um, yeah, welcome back. You're listening to Seeking the Best. Uh, this is our podcast where I never read the intro at the very beginning. <laughs> And I have to be reminded multiple times to insert it somewhere in. Um, but no, we we created this podcast to chat out um, what makes sense to do in real estate, how to seek our best and find the best ways to do things and um, just deal with the personal hurdles in the real estate profession. Uh, I'm Catherine Stelges and across from me is my director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi. And our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Vatika. Hello. Who's real opinionated today. I'm always about, opinionated. <laughs> I got tons of opinions. <laughs> He's really opinionated today about this lead generation business. He thinks it's so easy. <laughs> I never said it was easy. I know. I'm totally just kidding. But um Easy to easy to do, but not easy to overcome. I, the 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 um Yeah. I mean the internal the, struggle. <laughs> right. But 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 what it actually is, is not difficult to do. It doesn't take like tons of practice. It's not like it's a it's a honed um, um, skill, like like th- pitching a baseball or something. It's like well, it is it is a very simple thing to do uh, physically. You literally but mentally there's things to overcome. You literally could be successful in this business by just going and talking to a bunch of people. Yeah. And that is like one of the few businesses where that's the case. Mm-hmm. Now, if you like to talk to people, then one thing that you have to do, because I have noticed like, you know, everybody's got different personality types. And so if you have the people that are really high on the on the disc personality, the high eyes, the chatties, the chatterbugs. <laughs> so if you really like talking to people and that's great. Go out and do it. Get on the phone and do it. You'll find it really easy and fun. But what you have to remember to do is that you have to make it about business. Like you have to be able to incorporate the business question and make sure that you're talking about your your real estate business, not just like what yeah. you did on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> which I think high eyes have have a you know problem kind of focusing that in right that it's yes and you don't want to keep people on the phone for 30 minutes or you won't have enough context today like you have to keep it succinct and to the point um but if you don't like to talk to people <laughs> then this is the where it's like it's not difficult it's literally picking up the phone and having conversations and yet if you don't enjoy doing that and it's not something that you want to wake up and do every day that's where you've got to get your mindset to the point where this is how you succeed. This is the this is your main job duty. And if you want to have a job and career in real estate, then this is what you have to do. And get it's a hell of a lot right. hell of a lot easier calling people who have worked with you and had a pleasant experience or people that you know than picking up the phone and calling Fizbos and expireds and uh, people you don't. Yeah. So um, you're already ahead of the game. You here. know what? Um, you know, there's like a there's some sort of uh, illness where people actually 
um, I don't know what it's called, but I knew somebody when I was a kid, there was an adult that had this illness and it, they're, they're afraid to talk to people they know and they, but they do well in situations with strangers <laughs> and, um, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, Pat's relatable. Like, no, <laughs> but if that's, if, if you feel more comfortable with talking to strangers, then Fizbo's and expires might be your lead generation source. If that sounds terrible to you, then dig in on people you know and have conversations with them and then just make sure that you're talking about real estate and you're asking the questions so that you don't have a big, long conversation with them about you know, their kids in school and then find out that they sold their house last week because you forgot to tell them you were in real estate. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you have to just focus your, your conversations a little bit. Um, but one of the things we were talking about quarterly calls and how to make those easier is to have events and have a reason to call them other than asking who do you know every single time you pick up the phone and one of the one of the scripts that i like the most this time of year and i've already told our team about it so um but i didn't come up with it why are you looking at me like that i'm just trying to recall continue she doesn't remember i just said this like yesterday uh so I didn't make the script up. Um, you know, again, the best things are often what people are already doing. So like, I didn't want to do client events. I didn't want to do a pie appreciation party. And then I started doing it and guess what? People liked it. Well, that's because somebody else has already done it and realized that it worked. And I just said, okay, I'm going to do this too. (laughs) That's how you build. Um, that's how you, you build a plan is like, see what else is working. Don't try and get super creative with things until you already have like this base, 40 touch program. You can't play you jazz can sh- until you know how to play your instrument. Right. So like you can change things up, but first get a foundation. So see what other people are doing, make out a plan for the entire year of how you're going to communicate with these people and what you're, what you're going to do and then do it. And then you can get creative if it works. Right. And you can say, well, next year I'm going to do this or I'm going to add this. And, um, so one of the scripts though, so one of the calls you can make is this time of year, to just call them up and say, hey, um, you know, this, this is not word for word the script. This is just the general idea. But like, you know, it's Catherine Stell just from Keller Williams Realty. Um, hey, I'm actually, this is a business call. <laughs> you might just tell them that. Like, this is a business call. I'm actually, I'm planning out my business goals for the next year. And I want to make sure that I'm planning and taking time for people that, uh, for past clients and and my friends and family and make sure that I plan out time for them and their real estate needs. So I'm just curious, do you have any real estate goals for the new year? Well, it's the perfect time to ask that question because we're in December. So if they do, it might be on their mind because we're heading into the new year. They might have New Year's resolutions floating around in Mm -hmm. there and all of that stuff. And so you're having that conversation. And then they might tell you like, well, actually, we might be moving to Colorado in, you know, next summer We're we're looking to get out there closer to family. Okay, great. You know, now, is that an appointment I'm going to set today? No, but I could build out a little pipeline if I call through all of the sphere and past clients in this quarter in December, if I make a plan to do it that way then and have that conversation. Yeah, then you know to call them in September or whatever. Yeah. To, well, September we, might be too late if they right. move. Yeah. No, I was just saying like whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So then I know what their plans are and I can, first of all, build out a pipeline and I could even like write out a calendar and say, okay, these people. And I kind of know of everybody that I can tr- like I should be able to get that business right. They're my my past clients, my sphere. They're people that should do business with me, 
um, I can write it out. And now I know, oh, I've already got, you know, 20 sales just from that that one batch of calls. Mm -hmm. As long as I follow up with them before that time and set, you know, set the expectation that, oh, okay, great. So, so you want to get moving um, over the summer, you know, by when do you want to be in Colorado? Uh, August. Oh, okay, great. So, you know, probably it would make sense for us to get together then in maybe June and just go through the process and what you need to do to get the house ready for sale and and create a plan of action. How does that sound? And get their buy-in that, yeah, we're going to get together in June. And then you set yourself the reminder of like the halfway point to mm-hmm. check in because things could change and their timeline could shorten, it could lengthen, whatever. And so guess what? That probably is just a quarterly call, but you still set the task reminder because you don't want to forget to touch them during that time frame. And if you notice when she was doing that, she's the last thing she said was, how does that sound? <laughs> which is a tie down, tie down. which I'm, makes them say, that sounds good. Yeah. Sounds and good. now it's set. Yeah. Rather than leaving it open. Right. Um, you just want to get them to buy into. She doesn't even realize she's doing it. She never does. It's so fun. I know. (laughs) No, I do know I'm doing it. I know. I know. (laughs) I love the fair enough one. Fair enough? Fair enough? It sounds sounds kind of silly like. um, Just getting them to say yes. Yeah, like and just getting them to say or, yes. Or sounds sounds good. That's your favorite one. They think that is you my favorite one. Use that on us. Sound, sound good. <laughs> sound good. I mean, how can you say no to that? Mm-hmm. You can't. That's the if whole point. If you said no to that, I would be like, what, what doesn't, doesn't sound good? Well, yeah, like you, certainly would start a conversation of like, oh, mm-hmm. why doesn't that sound good? And then maybe if somebody said that to you, if I said, so let's let's basically let's get together in June. You Does know, that then, sound good. Sound good. And if they said actually, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't sound good. Then I would be like, then there's an issue. There's something going on. Yeah, but, I would say, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Well, is there a better time that we could get together then? Well, well actually, actually, my brother j- just became exactly. a realtor, and and, and what do and, I think about that? Well, they'll be out of the business by then. <laughs> <laughs> So you That's just exactly so you, what I was so you say. just stay in contact with them. <laughs> That's not exactly what I was going to say, but it has happened before where like don't that's that mindset thing like yeah. you know what? That person the chances of that person actually listing that house next year is <sighs> very low. So just keep in contact. And it could happen. Like I did have recently um somebody that I've kept in touch with for quite you know several years now. Um she had mentioned that she was probably going to be moving. And so I followed up on that and she's like, yeah, I am actually going to be listing, but I'm, I'm listing with my best friend. I'm so sorry. Like I would of course work with you again, but my, you know, friend has gotten into real estate since we worked together and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Now this was recently. So a friend's still in business and they listed the property. I'm not going to try and get in the way of her best friend listing the house. I know there's a script for that. That's like, you know, like basically, yeah. do you, you really want to work with your friends? <laughs> yeah, my my uh, my best friend just got his, uh, his just became a doctor. <laughs> do you want you want him to be doing the surgery? Yeah, or do you want the person who's been in who's been doing surgeries for twenty years? Yeah, to and, do and your not surgery? not the case. Like it's not yeah. like she just got licensed. This is somebody who's been in the business. Like this, I worked with this person like six mm-hmm. years ago. Oh, this oh. friend, I didn't mean she just got licensed. Oh, they just became best friends. No, no. Well, what do you I didn't say just anything. This is somebody that she is her her best friend 
has gotten licensed since I worked with her oh, wait, six many years, years ago. ago. Oh, I see. Okay. So she has another realtor. Now, I didn't know that right. over the years. I wish I had put her in the C category. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I didn't know that. So now she has an agent oh, okay. that she's listing the house with. And I'm not going to get in the way of that because there is no... There is no way to overcome that kind of objection of my best friend is also a professional. Right. Who's been been doing doing it for years and years. For five plus years. Like there's no way I'm going to be like, wouldn't you rather work with me? Um, So you just move on and it's no big deal. And you just like, it's no skin off my back. But um, where was I going with that? (laughs) Because we got a little bit off track. Um, oh, we were we were kind of role playing that scenario. Like if they said my brother got my brother got his license, so you know I'm probably going to have to list with him. Okay, you know I, I understand like family's important. Um, you owe it to yourself. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that the script? There is a script. I'm of the opinion if it's a family member or a best friend, I'm probably not going to use that script. Okay, mm-hmm. but that is the, the that is the script. Like you know, I know you. <laughs> Well, it's basically you, you I, I I butchered it and stuff, but you owe it to yourself to have the you know yeah, the uh, best the best and and, and you should and you should still you know and let me get we were trying what you're trying to do is get a listing presentation aka don't be an idiot the new the new brother who's an agent versus your years of of, e- of experience sitting down side by side both doing listing presentations of course and that's I have- the goal. And I've taken plenty of listings where or worked with plenty of people who had friends who had gotten into the business, but I kept in touch with them long enough that that I was their realtor. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's just the difference is like those people where I'm their realtor, they come to every event, they participate in everything. It doesn't matter who gets into real estate. Yeah. I'm their realtor. Yeah. I'm top of mind. I'm number one on the list. Right. Um, I'm the Nike. <laughs> <laughs> she said that. <laughs> um, and but for other people who are like a B or a C, mm-hmm. it's easier for people to encroach on your mm-hmm. your number one status. You mm-hmm. might become number two in the list if they if they're friend gets into real estate and seems to be doing well and their perception is I need to list with my friend or my brother or whatever. It's fine. But the point is is that you're you're calling through people and you're building a pipeline. And if somebody says that they, you know, have somebody else, I'd maybe just ask some other questions. Like really again, I'm not trying to um um be rude about it or anything. I would just say like, oh okay, awesome. So your brother got his real estate license. Um what where is he working? New Smyrna. (laughs) <laughs> right? Like, I want to know more information. And for those people who don't live here, New Smyrna is it's on the coast. It's not in Orlando. Right. It's its own place. It's, it's you know, what, about an hour, hour and a half? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say ask more questions and get more information. And then I would still set a halfway reminder point because that could change, you know, or yes, they don't live here. Like, oh, okay. You know, and just ask more questions. So, but you're just building a pipeline. And so now is a good time to be making those calls because you're it's it's a, just a good excuse to call like the new year is coming. Do you have any real estate plans for 2022? I want to make sure that I know about it so that I can set you up for success in yeah. that plan and that goal. We can set an action plan, whatever. Another thing um, did. I don't think we talked about this. Did I talk about the old buyer engagement letters? No. <laughs> um, so even if I did, you can just hear it again. What so once you have business though, you know, you've got your 40 touch plan and that is like a consistent thing that you do every year. But every now and then you might insert some other things into the plan to just kind of drum up some new business. 
So one of the things we did recently was um, I just pulled a list of old buyers who had purchased homes, not old in age, like old old clients that that had purchased homes in a certain time frame with us. And I sent them a market analysis in the mail. They didn't ask for it. You know, you might offer this, you might send it regularly. But again, as your list gets bigger, you can't physically mail, you know, 400 CMAs. Like, well, I mean, you could, but like, it might not make sense to do that. Right. But if you pull a list of people who have bought their house, you know, maybe five to 10 years ago, if you've been in the business people, a couple years, yeah, people in the seven year itch that, that might be thinking about doing something and you send them. Um, a, a letter in the mail that is outside of the 40 touch program, but do a, a it's a targeted group within your sphere, within your past clients that you can send and say, Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but you have this much equity or you might have this much equity because they might not necessarily need to buy a home or sell a home right this minute, but they may have some sort of real estate need. And it it's a reason for them to call you. And they might be like, oh, wow, I had no idea, you know, how much equity I yeah, had. And they spark, call you up. You might spark a conversation. And then with- they, yeah. And then you might be able to guide them for some other real estate um, reason. Like, well, we're actually thinking about adding on to our house. Oh, have you thought about doing a cash out refinance? Like you might want to talk to your lender about something like that and see if that's an option for you so you can get the extension that you're hoping for on your house since you love it and you don't want to move, you know? And I'm just, I'm just being that resource for them. So I might not get a direct sale out of that, but guess what? I just had a conversation with them that may not have occurred because it just doing my quarterly calls right? because they may not have picked up the phone. And you don't know. It's like they might want to put an addition on the home and then they talk to the lender and they talk to somebody and they go, this is, this doesn't make sense. We should maybe think about if we're going to, our family, we're going to grow our family. We might want to think about moving. Yeah. And now, now is a good time to do it. Look at all the equity we have or whatever. It's like, you don't know what conversation you're going to spark that yeah. they may not even be thinking about moving. And if you ask them directly, they might say, yeah, no, we don't want to move. We like where we live. But you show them that spark that conversation of maybe let's talk to a lender about refinance or let's do this. And they have, maybe they haven't said the words we want to put an addition on out loud to anybody else except for each other. And now this is the first time they're doing that. And that sparks a new conversation. You don't know. You got to throw you you, you got to throw a match on it. You got to kind of kind of mix it up a little bit in yeah. order to. I've had um, from those letters, we listed a property and we had two other um, yeah, we had three three appointments basically been set from the letters. We just sent them recently. Um, and one was we took the listing. It's already pending. And then the others, you know, they have plans for the new year. So mm-hmm. I'm working on those plans. So just that one mailing will probably result in four deals. Mm-hmm. One buy sell. So everybody mark that down to send those out in early November every year because you're always going to be adding people. Because well, And then guess what? Like when you go to call then the conversation's even easier because you're like, hey, did you get that thing I sent you in the mail? Right. Um, so the other thing I was going to say is I know because I, you know, I can think back to being newer in the business and you're like, yeah, but I don't have any past clients. <laughs> That's like the easiest thing to think. Like, or I only have like two and they bought last year. Well, okay, but you have a sphere. If you've built your sphere, you can find their address and see when they bought their house right. and maybe create a little target group within that sphere of who has owned their house doesn't, for five to 10 years. Right. It doesn't have to be past clients. It's just it's people. It's sphere. It's people you sort of know. Yeah. Who, when you're sending them that piece of information, um, they'll see your face on it and they'll, they might want to have a conversation with you about it. Um, the other thing I will say with that 
letter because I did have specifications for that that um, report. Because here's my thought. Um, you don't want to send them something that is um, showing them a value that's less than they think their house is worth. Right. <laughs> because. Surprise. <laughs> you're in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. But like. You can use, so I personally use NAR RPR for my CMAs, if you know what that is. Um, it's a great tool for creating market analysis reports. And it's available to us, I think, through our MLS, but it's from the National Association of Realtors, so you might have access to it, and you just have to go find out with your board. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just a, a report tool, though. You could probably, from your MLS, you can probably do a quick CMA. But it was just a quick market report. I'm not trying to do a CMA for that many people. Right. You're not pulling. I don't have time for that. Yeah. So I, it's it's a computer generated quick value. But you don't definitely take a look at it before you. But so that's that's where we cross reference things. So on NAR RPR, you can adjust a little bit to the market. You can say you can like slide a scale and say we're in a hot market. Um, and you can just adjust a few things and it will change the value. Mm-hmm. And then here's what else I did to make sure that I was showing um, a value that that would get them interested to have a conversation. I also cross-referenced what had help with this. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't just me. I did, uh, I did leverage this activity, but I gave instruction to look at Zillow and see what Zillow's estimate was. Why? Do I think Zillow is correct? No. no. <laughs> but But I want to see what that value is because guess who does look at that? Consumers. Mm-hmm. And so if their value on Zillow says 50000 higher than the NAR RPR report, I'm going to adjust that value range. And I would always do a range. Like I'm not trying to, again, it's not a CMA. It's like, hey, you might have, like you might have gained this much equity or you might, you know, your home value might be between this and this. Just to give them enough of interest that if they did have a real estate need, they would reach out and say, hey, I got that thing in the mail and like wow, and that's important too. By the way, is this isn't an email that's being sent to them. Yeah. This is like a, a tangible paper with, with in an envelope, directly written to them. To them directly, Can I tell you and that's that means everything when it comes to this kind of a thing. That it's not just an e property watch updated email that's got like this is what it says your equity is like it's this is a this is a slightly more it was handwritten yeah like so the report prints out the range that we want it to show that we think is realistic but also is encompassing the zillow value to some degree because we know that's what they're looking at and then saying like in in a excuse me and handwriting like you know, just, you know, congrats, you've gained a bunch of equity or whatever, you know? So it's handwritten on the report and then folded up business card in the mail. And, um, actually though, like just, I went on the listing appointment that, that came from this and I, she pulled out the report and I was like, oh man, I don't remember what that value range was on there. I hope it was realistic. (laughs) I hope it was like within. It's pending. So So save the reports in a file of some sort next time. (laughs) And I'm, I'm kind of joking. Like I did, um, like I tried to make note of what I was putting on those. Um, yeah, it needs to be in a spreadsheet. Well, you could put it in a spreadsheet for sure, but I think I, I made a couple. If it was anything that I thought was would be like worth noting, I put it as a note in our CRM. Oh yeah. Like if I was like, mm, I'm not sure about that one, then I would copy and paste and put it right. in my notes. Um, 
just to to reference, right? So anyways, that's like you build out a 40 touch program, call people a minimum of four times a year, have a reason to call them, but do ask the business question. Um, the reasons for calling them could be inviting them to events, inviting them to a charity uh, participation, um, just calling for business and asking them if they have any referrals, asking them about the real estate plans for the new year. That's four right there. Um, and then the rest of the plan can be emails, direct mail, text messages, social media, invites to these events. And then periodically think about in this group of people that I'm talking to, who probably has a need to sell or buy? Right. Somebody that's been living in their house seven, for seven to ten seven years. to ten years. And so, you know, at least once or twice a year, think about those people and touching them another time with something right. of value or something that would gain their attention, or, I or, guess. Or people that are high eyes that are out there chatterboxing it up, right? Because like we've said a million times, this isn't necessarily for these people. When you got to get it out of your head that, well, I know that they're not looking to buy anything because they are waiting tables and can't, they, I know that they've got student loans, so they can't even afford to buy a house. So I'm not even going to bother calling them. That's not who you're calling. You're calling all of the people that they know, right? That is the most important thing to remember on all of it. Well, is, you're calling them, but you're you're looking of for course. everyone they know. It's everyone they know. It's, get out of your head that I can't call this person because I know they aren't going to buy a home. It's all the people that they know is who you're trying to get in touch with. And once you realize that and kind of get that through your head, then make it, it makes it easier. (laughs) Yeah. Get that through your thick skull. Um, Oh, I just lost my train of thought. I was going to say one more thing and I totally blanked. No, that's okay. Let's wrap, let's wrap this segment up and uh, take a quick break. Okay. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Yes. Um, I was going to say to you were talking about um, like you're you're trying to reach the everybody that they know too, and imagine that network. Like again, if you build a sphere to 200 and then you start doing business with people, you have a really big list. Now imagine if you really think about how many people do they know. And so every time you're touching them, how big is your real network? It could be very large. Thousands. If if you really, really focus on it. One of the things I wanted to do this year is like identify who who are my people that are like always in everybody's business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I talked to somebody recently that had bought and um she was like, I think the neighbors are selling. And I'm like, oh. I think you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need to train you on how to get that person's information so that I can then call them. If you go to, if you become, uh, if you list a house and the sellers are telling you about everybody who lives on the street, yeah, those are going to be people you want to keep in touch with down the road. Yeah. If they right? seem to know everything about yeah. everybody like, else, who, 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 I need to right. figure out how to like the, harness if, that power. If they, <laughs> if they say, oh yeah, we don't talk to anybody 
we don't know any of our neighbors, yeah. then they're telling you the kind of person they are, right? They're, ter- so, they're telling me they're going to be on the C list. No, I'm right. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my goal for the new year is to to figure out who are those little nosy people <laughs> yeah. and, and then how do I like train them on how to be my little people out in the in the yeah. world. Sniff, sniffing out truffles. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the web. Okay. Ladies, what are your favorite go-to shoes and outfits? And what would you say are the do not wear items when it comes to being professional? For instance, jeans can totally be dressed up and made to look professional, but casual as well. I have seen some some real estate agents dress them up. However, I'm borderline if I feel it would be acceptable to wear jeans. Has it become more acceptable to wear has it become more acceptable to wear from time to time? I don't know whatever that means. Um that's a fun question. I think jeans are fair. Yeah. Well, I totally do. I mean, I wear jeans like almost every day, Yeah, <laughs> just by the way. But I always wear them with a blazer because blazers make everything look fancy. <laughs> well, can I say I, <laughs> I, I see what you wear when you go out of the house for appointments or for work or, or whatever. Um, if you're going on a listing appointment or buyer uh, appointment and you don't know they're not past clients, you don't wear jeans. Yeah, if that's you, probably true. If, you, if it's somebody or if it's if it's a if it's a showings or something like that and it's a saturday you'll wear jeans yeah so, so i have some other thoughts on that too like i think it depends on the market you're in um so we live in florida it's 1 million degrees outside so i do see a lot of agents are super casual and i think that's probably okay you know depending on who your clientele is so you have to kind of match not only your market but your clientele so like if you if you work in the Keys or Hawaii or something, you're probably wearing uh, tropical island shirts which shops right. and flip flops. If you're selling, wait, <laughs> which not be wearing tropical shirts. Tropical island shirts and flip flops are no nos on my. Uh, she has my, them in the protocol outline when you sign on as a team member. Right. Like, these are things that we do not wear. <laughs> However, in Hawaii, maybe that is normal and like it would be expected and weird if you wore a suit, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And if you're in New York City, you probably are wearing suits all the time and, oh. and high heels. Like that's the standard dress code in a big city. And it's cold. So you also, you know, like you're, you're going to dress differently depending on where you are. But um, I would say jeans totally for me, jeans are perfectly appropriate. I do tend to wear darker jeans, though, because I think it looks dressier. Um, although yeah. I'm wearing right now, I'm probably going to go out of the house today with some lighter jeans on. But I also... I'm going to um, the office. I am going to one appointment, but it's somebody that I know. Right. So I know like, you it's know. It's totally different. Yeah. So I, it does depend on. If you're selling on, higher end real estate. Yeah. You when wear, I've gone on appointments that I know we're doing. like Break out the nice shoes. I'm like, where am I? Not the shoes, the, like the heels we've, we've falling got, off. Yeah, we've got, <laughs> she's got the. the I'm going to go said, wash my car too. Yeah. Like I won't do that for basics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we said this year though, we, to 
to buy, we we're going to try to look for you to buy shoes that were listing appointment shoes. And only, it's like and how you have your only, server shoes. Only, yeah. yeah, only use for listing appointments so that they don't, because you're going into somebody else's house and all of those things. And, and it's like, you know, especially your list, you want to list a uh, two, three million dollar property. Wear your nice shoes. Well, yeah. Put, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and then when you're, when you go home, put them back in the closet, put them back in the box and then wait till for the next nice appointment. Well, I definitely wouldn't wear, like I don't wear these jeans anyways. I haven't worn this since like 1995, but like jeans with holes in them, like even though that might be trendy sometimes, like I wouldn't wear that in a professional environment. I have one pair (laughs) only if I'm cleaning the office will I wear them. Um, well, yeah, but again, it's it's That's like different. know where you're going that day. Yes. And like if I'm just running into the office and I don't have any appointments, I will wear whatever I feel like wearing. Um, To the most part, though, I'm not wearing anything that's inappropriate, you know. Yeah. To, Anytime to we the have most part. Yeah. And it's and, and it's weird. It is weird. You're right. We are in Florida. And for those of our listeners that aren't in Florida, it's a swampy sweat box like even it's it's what is it it's just we're in the second week or late first week of december the high today is 80 degrees it has been and sunny yes been nice, i know that though. but th- we're in december so just to give you guys an idea when august rolls around it's 102 with 100 percent humidity it's like you I can't just don't wear two tops you, you can't wear a you can't wear a uh a wool jacket <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i think okay so like Truly, this is what I think. I think if you're in a business setting, jeans are fine. Darker jeans are better. Wear them with heels because it dresses it up. Put on a blazer. Don't wear a t-shirt. Or nice flats. That works too. Um, If you're wearing a skirt, I, I think skirts should be knee length. (laughs) No. For, for. To fingertips. High school status. I think it depends on your age, maybe. But I think like somewhere between, yeah, somewhere like between here. fingertips to knee. Yeah. yeah. Um, any any longer might look like you, you might know, be like, aging yourself any shorter <laughs> and you shouldn't be wearing yeah. that in a professional environment. Yeah, it's not Friday night. <laughs> I would say wear blouses, not T-shirts. Although sometimes like. Cool I've T-shirt. Wo- a cool scoop a, neck. Yeah. But under a blazer. <laughs> under a blazer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then heels again, like I either heels or nice flats. But I have like the most comfortable pair of boots that I've bought two times. They're like a suede black boot with a like wooden looking heel. I bought them two times because they're super comfortable. They slip on. They look really nice. Like they look dressy and nice, but I can also be comfortable. So um, like yesterday, I went to a new home demonstration, was not thinking clearly about where I was going. And I wore my blazer and it was a million degrees and I was sweating. And then we had to take off our shoes to go inside the house. And thankfully I was wearing socks. Right. Because <laughs> I think it's really weird to have to take off your yeah. shoes. Think about that too. If you go to show houses, sometimes people don't want you walking around in their house with shoes on. If you're going to have to take off your shoes, then you want to either be like your toes looking good <laughs> or you want to be wearing socks that don't have holes in them. Right. <laughs> so think things through about where you're Worn going. Worn through on the bottom. <laughs> And I was, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, that's right. It was, um, I don't know how it is in the rest of the country, but here specifically, if you're going on a listing presentation, plan on it being 90 degrees in their house. Yeah. I because have people, times said this. It's because you're already going to be anxious and nervous and all of those things and stuff. And then just plan on, uh, you're going to have sweat dripping off your brow if you dress in a suit. 
I going do, to for a listing presentation. I just push through because yeah, you can't take the jacket off at some point, right? Because <laughs> your pits. So yeah. Anyways, yeah, those are my those are my dressing tips. <laughs> Ooh, I, th- I think we have a new segment. <laughs> Small win. Anyone got a small win this week? Well, we had our community events this weekend and they went great. I didn't miss anything on the inventory list, so that's a small win. (laughs) That's true for the first one. I didn't miss pins, but I did have them. They're in my car. I just didn't organize it for the first event, but for Lake Como's event, the second event. And you guys, for our listeners, they do a, uh, there's a couple farming neighborhoods and in both of those neighborhoods, they do a uh, luminary event where the community comes and helps out and they supply all the materials and set luminaries up all the way down over a bridge on one of them and through a park on the other one and and people come out and they do raffles and get information from people to be able to the neighbors really appreciate it they like the festivities they do yeah tradition of it um and they're beautiful luminaries mm-hmm. are beautiful yeah and they, look, they look really nice so yes. Catherine, do you have a small win <sighs> you know we're supposed to come prepared for these two we're supposed to have our small wins and i forgot um small win oh uh-oh you better go first my small win is Catherine's all done Christmas shopping. Oh, you're done shopping. I'm for done me. shopping for, for <laughs> that. Yeah, I said that weird. Yeah, uh, you're completely finished. And um, I say that though there might be one or two things that I might come across, but you're you're all done. Well, that's so, fun. And what what's the date today? It's December seventh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh gosh, I really. I mean, small win for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost done Christmas shopping. I, I feel that's, like that's a that's a all your listings sad. are pending. Yeah, yeah, our listings. Yeah, I will say like I think we're gonna close out the end of the year. Knock on wood. Um, if nothing falls through, uh, but like decent, you know. <laughs> you don't want to. She doesn't want to get into the, the the numbers. I guess with with well, our listeners, but um, probably one of the better years. Um, over the you, last four. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry. COVID schmovid. No, that's that's insensitive. <laughs> that is say. insensitive. That is insensitive. No, I, I'm trying to think of something that's like matters that's a small win. Um, and I'm struggling. So let's our wrap deck it up. Is, our deck is done. I think we said that last week. Ah. <laughs> no, it just got done now. Yeah, I guess so. It yeah, is beautiful. It's done, done. Yeah. So. I was saying like I'm I'm impressed and that's hard to do. So small win (laughs) hey guys remember to rate and review us on itunes it really helps new listeners to find us you can also send questions letters and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com you can leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the show send us a tweet at seek the best pod and for cat kayla myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week adios bye this has been a think live be production